Hello everyone and welcome to the Ace Space. You join us ahead of another unscripted special where today we go to the beach. It's Anastasia Kravchenoka, the Latvian queen of the beach. And it was a really interesting episode. Um, I have only ever been to Riga once and it was absolutely incredible. Matt Rogers, have you ever been to Riga? Negative. Key Michael, have you ever been to Riga? I don't think so, no. But I have a horrible memory with things. I think I think I was once in Finland and I, we, we checked into a hotel and, and the manager said, welcome back, Miss Michael. And I had just told everyone I was so excited to go to Finland for the first time. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't happen again here. He's such a volleyball player. They don't know where they've been. You just travel so much and you literally, you see the hotel, you see the gym, you see the hotel again, you go back to the airport, voila. So. Oh, airports. Remember those? <laughs> Yeah, they used to exist, didn't they? Oh, no. goodness me. Anyway, uh, if you are joining us on an Ace Space Unscripted special for the first time, we are going to take a forensic and in-depth look at the episode, this time featuring Anastasia Kravchenoka. But before that, I find out what Matt Rogers and Key Michael have been up to. I really look forward to this bit because I haven't got a clue. So, Matt, what have you been up to? What have you built? <laughs> I've not built anything actually this week, I'll be honest. Um but I did take a roof off a garage. That was one one highlight of the week. Did um, you? Yeah, but I, the thing I want to talk about is playing with the kids because I've had some great fun playing some old kids games that you kind of like you have to go through and remember the rules as you <laughs> as you play really, but yeah, I did did quite go a few on, good what ones. What was the best? Good, including Twister. Oh. Yeah. My four-year-old beat me at Twister. That was embarrassing. Her reach is only like a meter, but her balance was 10 times better. She's low center of gravity. That's why. Yes. Uh, but Matt, you used to be the king of the cereal box game. Yeah, I was always beaten, but I was all right at it. Yeah. I don't think I ever won it. I just always got close to winning it. What's the cereal box game? Uh, Matt, can you explain to Key what the cereal box game is? <laughs> well, when we don't do these over Zoom, Key, we'll play this. So you put a cereal box on the floor, completely empty. And then what you do is you pick it up with your teeth and the only thing that's allowed to touch the floor is your feet. So you've got to balance, bend over, pick it up with your teeth. And then the idea is when you pick it up, you rip some off and you get down to literally just a bit Wait, of cardboard on the floor. No hands. No, no hands. The, the, way, no hands. the way life has changed over the last few months, the idea of picking something up with my teeth that then somebody else <laughs> would pick up with their teeth is absolutely insane. Yeah, a lot of college games are going to go out of style, I think, in the next few months as well. If we played that now, I would absolutely break my nose. It'd just be a slow motion, dunk, <laughs> nose first. Can you use your tongue or just teeth? Uh, yes, one, yeah, no, you can use your tongue. Well, you, you've got a sticky tongue, have you? Or? Well, I don't know, I just feel like it'd be easier to pick up a piece of cardboard <laughs> with your sticky tongue out. You like, dig a hole and then stick your tongue to it and pick it up? <laughs> is that, is that your just... tactic? Are you a frog? <laughs> Should we trying it later? Should we try it later? Uh, anyway, Key, I know this bit always, it always makes you nervous, and I've got no idea why, Key. But what have you been doing <laughs> this week? Well, now that I've just revealed to you that I want to pick something off the floor with my tongue, I'm less nervous to talk about <laughs> what I've been up to this week. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, all right. I've started filming a documentary. Oh wow. Whoa. That's exciting. Oh. Well, I say documentary. I mean, that sounds very impressive. It's just me and my teammate and I'm sort of filming her life. But I watched... Do you guys know Dustin Watton? He's the Libro for yeah. the yeah. USA men's yeah. team. And he's great on YouTube. He is also on YouTube. Yes, you've been watching my videos. <laughs> Someone went in and did a documentary on him and I watched it. It was just a little six-minute short sort of in-depth look at his life as a pro. And I just... It was so inspiring. It was so motivating. And I just thought, I want to try and do something like that. So who knows how mine's going to come out, but luckily my teammate Lindsay volunteered to be my victim and uh, <laughs> we're working on a documentary. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's really exciting. And also what a fascinating time to do it with so little going on on the court, but so much going on off it. Yeah, we've actually, we've tried, we've got to be a little bit creative because we don't have any, we don't have a gym, we don't have any volleyballs, so we can't show we're actually playing volleyball, but. Hang on, you don't have any volleyballs? Well, no, because the gym was closed. The gym was locked once lockdown started. Do you have any volleyballs in your apartment? I don't have a... I don't... Is that bad? Is that, is that a bad reflection? So you've not touched a volleyball in two months? No, I haven't. <laughs> that wow. must be the longest you've not touched a volleyball since you were like, I don't know, 12 or something. Well, that's what's so funny about all these unscripted is that everyone's... 
you know, we're all in the same boat. We're, we're not playing volleyball in no, times I, that we normally have. I think have. of all the people that have done unscripted, I reckon every one of them's got a volleyball. You think? Everyone, I reckon. Oh. oh, I reckon everyone. Matt, have you touched a volleyball during lockdown? Yeah, yeah, I was teaching my daughter to, to catch with it. <laughs> I I have touched a volleyball during lockdown. How have how has the professional volleyball player not touched a volleyball? Well maybe that's how I know it's time to retire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's an A Space exclusive. Don't retire yet, Key. Uh, so what happens now is we listen to the unscripted in full, as I mentioned, this time Anastasia Kravchenoka really interesting character and i also think she needs a huge commendation is probably the wrong word but she was super nervous about her english but i thought she was she was absolutely brilliant and the effort she put in was great um she is well another fascinating character so listen to it enjoy it and stick with us afterwards because matt key and myself will have a slightly more in-depth look but before that this is unscripted with anastasia kravchenoka Anastasia Kravchenoka, the queen of the beach on the crest of a wave. European gold medal and Olympic qualification alongside Tina Graudina, she was announced as Latvian Sportswoman of the Year. But right now, she's back at home in Riga, so I called to check in. We talked awards, her love for travel, and how she's passing the time. Hello, Anastasia, can you hear me? Yes, hello. Oh, fantastic news. That is always a good start. Okay, I'm giving you a call today because I want to check in and find out how you're doing and what you're up to because that's super important at the moment. So first things first, are you doing okay? Yes, I'm very good. <laughs> oh, good news, good news. And where in the world are you? I'm in Latvia right now in Riga, in my home. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful city. I absolutely love Riga. So I suppose you spend so much time on the road. Is it is it nice to spend a little bit more time in Riga than you used to? Uh, you know, I am in Riga for one month and I'm a little bit tired from home. I want to travel because I used to travel a lot. I used to be in competition and training camps. And now for one month, it's enough for me. I'm ready to pack my bags and go. That's part of what we love about pro sport, isn't it? Just the chance to, to see the world. Um, so if you weren't in Riga now, where would you be? Oh, this year I was first in a Cape Town and I really like this city. It's so beautiful. It's like a paradise and people there are so friendly. I would be there. Because it's interesting. Uh, I've been lucky enough to speak to a few beach volleyball players recently. And when I ask them like their favorite place, everyone seems to say Cape Town in South Africa. And I wouldn't have expected that. What's so special about it? I don't know the nature. I like nature and there are everything, blue ocean, high, high mile times and beach with white sand and greens everywhere. So. It's like a paradise for me and people and food. It's like connecting on, on base, all details. It's like a perfect place. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Sounds yeah. amazing. Maybe we should all go there. When lockdown's yeah. over, the first place yeah. we should go. Yeah. So what are you doing at the moment to fill your days then? Obviously, you're not playing as much as you should be. It's a bit more difficult to train. So how are you filling daylight hours? Yeah, so we have practices at home or in the forest. We can go out from our home and we have like five trainings a day and our time and just studying, reading, drawing, cooking and yeah, a little I'm, bit boring sometimes, but. It, sorry, maybe it's the line. It sounds like you said five trainings a day. No, a week. So oh, five trainings a week, not a day. <laughs> It's impossible. I was like, holy moly, how are you managing that? Uh, and what about what about your team then? Of course, uh, Tina and your coaches, are you guys managing to stay in touch? Yeah, we have a chat and WhatsApp and uh, every time our coaches send us uh, a workout. So and then we like analyze what we did and how it was. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're managing to sort of stay positive. Um, yeah. 
You've had a pretty amazing time on the court, though, you and Tina, haven't you? Do you feel like like this break will be good for you, or did you feel as though you were really sort of building towards Tokyo and ready to take on the world? So I think Tina is a very easygoing person, and it's not difficult to live together at all, and we enjoy this time uh, in the training camps and competitions. So a little bit time to be apart is good, but I would uh, choose to be in the competition or training camps or to be at home now. Are you missing sort of going out and playing and all of those things that you enjoy? Yeah, very much, very much. And is it the actual games themselves and the competition or the training as a, as a team? What is it that you're really missing? I really like to train. I like training camps and training, so I miss trainings and, of course, competitions and connecting with our teams, like the atmosphere when we're having uh, trainings together, like a little jokes and, yeah, I miss all of that. And all competition, it's like a small world for us <laughs> with Tina. And um, I really miss it. And I was so waiting for the season. And now when it's all cancelled, it's like a little bit bad feeling and disappointing. Right. Well, I'm going to show you a video now. And I want you to watch the video and just tell me sort of what your memories are and how it makes you feel, okay? So, it wasn't really a good game for us, we won, but it was so stressful and not qualitative game. Maybe finals, it's happened that games like this in the finals, but I'm happy that we won. It was like magical event and it was unbelievable, but this game <laughs> wasn't good at all. <laughs> So obviously you became European champion, which was such a huge moment. But when you dreamed of being a major champion like that, did you just feel as though like you played the perfect game and it would just be everything that you dreamed of? Was it more about the experience than the, than the result? I, that's very difficult. I think this, this event was like magic. And before this event, I was speaking for my close people and I said, we will be in the final. And they were laughing about it. And I was, why are you laughing? And they, no, we wish you to be in the final, but, but I don't remember what they say. But it was like quite bad feeling for me, but I believe in our team that we can. And in this event, all like small details, like our atmosphere on the court was very good. We like supported each other very much and we, like concentrated on the next point and not thinking about lose points. So, yeah, and game after the game, it's like you only concentrate on the next game. And then when we won, it was amazing feeling. But when I imagined in my mind how it will be, it, it was quite different. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that shot at the end where you've got the trophy in your hands, your gold medals, all the sort of golden ticker tape and the, the bottles of champagne. Did That's that... why I said it was magical and I have a picture of this moment and this uh, gold lines are blowing and yeah, just so... like in fairy tale. Because <laughs> you, you guys have known each other as a team for a long time. When you first started playing together, did you think that you could go on to sort of be world level and European champions and qualify for Olympics. Is that something you always believed in? I think that, yes, maybe at this moment when we started to play, there wasn't like this goal in the mind. There was like, but we want to play a beach volleyball together and like achieve something, but, but we will qualify for the Olympics and become a European champions, uh, champions it becomes like bigger dream for, from time because at first you know the big goal is to win under 18 then it's like growing every time but i think we both are very very motivated like responsible and ambitious so we wanted to show our best result mm -hmm. every time 
What about the Olympic Games then? I saw a lovely quote on your Instagram. There was a picture of the two of you and I've got it here. It's dreams are not cancelled, just postponed. So is the Olympics the dream for you? Yeah, it is a dream. And could you imagine that like in 2016, then our coach said for us, but you need to qualify for Olympic Games. We said to him like, uh, coach, I think that we have uh, other things in our lives so like need to study. We will play beach volleyball for sure, but we didn't like imagine that we will qualify in this Tokyo Olympics because we are quite young. So, and then we qualify. It also was like unbelievable. And now we are qualifying and we are not so stressful about like uh, Olympic qualifying and so on. And other teams also laughing every time that we can just lie down and relax. So, yeah, it's amazing feeling. But this season we wanted to show that it's not like easy, but it's not a mistake that we qualified. And we wanted to be in the best 12 teams to get a good spot in the pool in the Olympic Games. So, so was it... It sounds there like it was a little bit of a surprise that you qualified. I mean, obviously, you know you've got the quality and you've had all these great results and these these wins, but but did it come as a bit of a surprise? Yes, I think it was a surprise for everyone, for us too, because we went to this event. like We didn't know what to expect because it was uh, deeper and um, like a lot of pools every time you need to play and a lot of games and we knew that we are quite young and it will be easier for us to survive with all games. But this event wasn't perfect. We lost a lot of games in the pools and it was very like lucky for us. Then Italy lost to Germany and we become first in our pool when we needed to play a semi-final against Czech and we never played with them. And I don't know if you see the final, but this game was quite, I don't know how to explain, but um, yeah, we were down for 7-12 in the third set and then we won. So it also sounds unbelievable, but we good uh, team against, like Czech is very good team. Best surprise ever. Uh, and now you get to go to Japan. Have you been to Japan? Have you played in Japan before? No, no, we don't. Yeah, I know. It would be very hot and humid. But yeah, but now we have a lot of time to prepare ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You, you talk about being young. So an extra year of experience, an extra year to prepare yeah. yourselves, that's only going to make you stronger, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is because in the... Uh, in every competition, we can get a new experience and every training comes also brings us a lot of like new, new attitude, new details in the game atmosphere and we are studying from it. So one year more to train and then to show best results in the Olympics is good for us. One like not so good thing that Tina, she took a gap year this year to prepare for the Olympics and next year she needs to go to university. Okay. But I think everything will be okay. We will be together and we'll prepare and do all the best. Everything for a reason. You are in that special group of people who, who get to represent their country at the Olympics and uh, I can't wait to see how you get on. Uh, right, I'd like to play a quick game with you. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, this game is called Simply the Best. So I'm going to list some things and I want you to tell me what you think the best thing is in each category. So let's okay. start with the best team you've ever played against. Best team. I think it's Australia, Talika and Mariapa. They have like a different level of the game because Talika is very high player and she is a physical player and Mariafa she's very technique and they playing a lot fast game and on two so I think they are best. The best sport apart from beach volleyball? Hmm. Uh, I like a lot of sports. <laughs> Me too. I, I like basketball, tennis and 
track and field athletics so but yeah. which is the best which is the best i would say it's uh, tennis <laughs> best song to listen to before a game huh it's very difficult for me because i have really bad memory on the songs <laughs> and they're not so concentrated on the song so okay i can't answer <laughs> Best moment of your career? That's uh, Olympic qualification in China. Best atmosphere you've ever experienced at a game? In Yurma, in Latvia, in our country. It was um, 2017, European Championship, and we got fifth. And we were very young, and atmosphere, lots of friends and family are by our. And yeah, it was amazing. Best place in the world volleyball has taken you? Cape Town. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> uh, what... Sydney too. I like Manly Beach and Sydney, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, you're a lucky person. Uh, what's the best thing about being a professional? It's traveling a lot and meeting new people. And finally, what's the best food to eat after you've won a game? Margarita. Pizza margarita. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm having for dinner tonight. So fantastic. <laughs> oh, great nice. stuff. Uh, I, honestly, you can't, cannot stop me eating pizza. Uh, interesting. So uh, you were talking there about liking lots of other sports what did you say track and field athletics basketball yeah. tennis did you play any other sports before beach volleyball took your life uh, i played also indoor volleyball okay. but before i started practicing volleyball i didn't like sports at all oh, wow. <laughs> really i was uh, a kid so every time forgot his sport back at home to not going on a sport lesson at school yeah but then it became my passion to play volleyball and i like to play basketball because we played a lot of school co competition in basketball and other coaches also wanted to take me in a basketball team like to play in a better level not a school level um but i never played like tennis so i only played beach tennis okay but I like to watch because my grandfather, he every time, like all my life, he wanted me to play tennis. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about uh, life outside beach volleyball then, because I see on your Instagram today that you're having trouble with your pet pooping on the floor. Is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was like a funny moment of, <laughs> of the morning. I don't know what happened. He is like he's very good cat. He is he's his behavior is like perfect, but I don't know what happened today for him. Maybe he feels ill. I don't know. <laughs> oh, accidents do happen. Who who is the cat? Is the cat around? Can we have a look at the cat? Um I think no, he's not, no. Okay, okay. So off the court then, um what do you do for entertainment? What do you do to make yourself happy? I love reading and on the competition and training camps I read a lot and what else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I love to study too. Sometimes it's very difficult to concentrate uh, but now I have a lot of free time to make like my master thesis and so on and I'm really working on it and then I finished my bachelor, it was like one month free and I didn't know what to do. Like it was a lot of free time and I didn't know how to entertain myself. So, and I decided to go to master. Wow. Yeah. How do you find time for it all? That is, uh, that's remarkable. Maybe I'm gonna show you another video now. Again, this game. <laughs> Was it nice to sort of, for, for the CV to, to recognize your successes as a pair? Yeah, it was, we were so grateful about it and we, we were so proud to present our country. And 
there are so many teams in Europe which can be uh, queens of Europe and uh, they decided that we are, <laughs> we are getting this big, how to say, <laughs> yeah. And it was a big surprise for us because uh, like last year, um, Czech uh, girls, uh, Maki and Bada, they got this Queens of the Beach and they won like big event, Vienna major and something else. And we were, we didn't think that European Championship will got this Queens of the Beach. So yeah, it was quite there were, there were two moments in that video. And the first one you said, oh, this game. It sounds like you, it sounds like you hate all the games you ever play. <laughs> but then there was the, the other moment, the celebration where you were hugging on the floor and you said, oh, yeah. I could watch this moment forever. Yeah, because as I said, this final game wasn't good for us. There was a lot of mistakes and it was quite stressful. But then it was like a, you in the pedestal, then we got a medals when we got the cup and this gold blowing in the air. It's, it's like magic and really I will remember it forever in my life and I will tell my, I don't know, grands, uh, granddaughters and grandsons about this moment. Um, do you have any ambitions then? Is there, is there any sort of one thing that if you achieved that, then you could be like, cool, I can retire happy now, I've, I've done it all. I think no, because um, it's not about achievements. I just want to be happy in my life and I want to enjoy everything in my life. And when will be the moment when I will be tired from volleyball, tired from competition and training comes, I will do something else, which will bring me joy and happiness and love. So now i'm happy what i'm doing and i hope i will play beach volleyball for many years and i will enjoy this game many years <laughs> i called today to uh, as i said to find out how you're doing and check in and spread a little bit of joy and you've given me absolute joy today it's been so nice to speak to you uh, before we hang up the phone we're going to have lots of your fans around the world watching this have you got a message for them I wish that everyone will be happy and enjoy this difficult moment in our lives and fight like a small defense, a sound of birds, or then you feel how wind is blowing your clothes and you will feel really happy because this is the main idea of your life, to feel happy and joy and get joy, love and happiness. That <laughs> is perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> right, um, I can't wait till this is all over and we can catch up in person. But until then, take care of yourself. See you later. Bye bye. Ciao, ciao. Um, I've, forgotten, I've forgotten how to say it. Ata. <laughs> Ata. Ata. Bye bye. Anastasia Kravchenoka. Uh, first things first, and Key, you might be able to shed a little bit of light on this. How on earth can you balance a career as a professional athlete and seem to be studying full time for a master's degree as well? How is that? How are there enough hours in the day for that? That's a good question because <laughs> I enjoy myself a nap or two in the afternoons. So <laughs> she probably doesn't get that much. But um, I think you're actually having said that in the US when you're studying and playing full-time mm. it's just as much volleyball as when you're playing professionally but you also have the schooling on the side so for us players it becomes normal and then we have a lot of extra free time once we go pro but i but i guess more european players do it to sort of do pro and, and study I, at the same time yeah and i suppose in a sense you're you're upskilling now aren't you you're a filmmaker and a photographer <laughs> and, and a podcaster and all of those things you make and, me sound very impressive <laughs> Well, but, but they're all skills you've had to learn. You've just yeah. not done them through the formal channels of, of education, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. beauty of, of this day and age. You can learn anything online. You don't have to go mm. to school. You don't have to have a piece of paper that says, I learned how to do this and I paid 10,000 euros for it. <laughs> you can just go online. <laughs> oh, I'd love... Does anyone want to pay me 10,000 euros and I'll teach them something? <laughs> um, but in, in, in all seriousness, Matt, that is quite impressive, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly good time management, clearly motivated, um, you know, hobbies as well. I mean, mm. yeah, we obviously got a great clip of her singing that'll be part of our uh, our talent recap as well. And a big thanks to her for giving it a go in English. I mean, clearly it wouldn't have worked in Latvian, Dave, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was great. And there, there were a few slip ups, but I always say if you get the point they're trying to get across, you, you've solved the problem that you're trying to do. So, mm. yeah. In terms of her performances or, or her team's uh, performances on the court, they seem to be doing incredibly well. Queens of the Beach already got the Tokyo qualification in the bank. It's been a hell of a 12 months for them. They dominated in, in Moscow, even if she says the final game wasn't a great game. <laughs> I, th- I think she's been a bit picky, to be honest. At the end of the day, winning is the most important thing. Well, it's funny you say that because I think from an athlete's perspective, I wouldn't say winning is always the most important. I have no, a lot of... Come on. Come on. There's a lot of feeling that goes into the game. And if... No, no, no. I was also interested that she said that those were, quote unquote, bad matches because I can relate to her completely when you walk away just unsatisfied, feeling like you didn't... As a European champion. <laughs> well, well, she said it was magical. Once she was on the podium, it was magical, but... In in the moment, you you're working on your skills, you know, all months long, and if you don't perform them in the moment, even if you win the point, lose the point, it can be frustrating if you're not showing what. But you But in those do. beach in those beach tournaments, though, it is it is kill or be killed, isn't it? But you know, it's it's knockout volleyball. It's not like when you're playing indoors, and for the vast majority of the season, um, it's the league format, and you can have. A bad day, you can have a bad match, you can even lose a couple of games and still make the playoffs and still win the championship. If you have a bad 10 minutes, your tournament can be over. So surely you'd rather play badly and win than play well and lose, right? This reminds me of a movie. Was it White Men Can't Jump? When they Have you seen that? It's a great film. Yeah, I love that film. Not recently. <laughs> and No, you'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win. No, it's not about looking good. It's not about looking a certain way. It's about feeling that you've performed your skills to the best of your ability. But would you rather have that feeling and have come close but not won it or not have that feeling and won? I can't believe this has taken so long. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to choose. Oh, yeah, I'd probably rather win. And I think she probably would too. Well, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Future clubs will be relieved. (laughs) Uh, But I I think what it does tell us though is that she has a huge amount of belief in her and her team and what they can achieve yeah they've got a great partnership haven't they yeah seem to really get on bond to each other well we can say that tina her partner is going to be a guest on the podcast i love it when a plan comes together that was a beautiful segue as well matt thank you (laughs) Uh, well i tell you what will be interesting on the podcast though is to find out if she feels the same way about that performance yeah true but I reckon she would. I think it's something that they would probably chat about and then they'd come to like more of a mutual conclusion. Do you reckon, Key? I can't imagine that two players would leave one and say, oh, great game, and they would be like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It probably comes down to the, the feeling in the moment. Mm. But you're right. They, I think they would be so in tune with each other that their feelings would be similar. To be a European champion as a pair, you've got to be so aligned and so on the same page. Right, exactly. I don't think they could have opposite feelings from a game and win. You could, I think you could have them if you lost. Yeah. But yeah. What happens to a young athlete then? Who, well, I say young athlete, what happens in a person's life when they can go from not wanting to play any kind of sport at school to being a European champion who's qualified for an Olympic Games? What what kind of monumental change occurs in those formative years? Because I find that fascinating. And it's not the first time we've heard that either. If you're regular listeners to Unscripted, will have uh, listened to or watched uh, Benjamin Patch's episode where he said he never really took sport seriously. He was an artist, he was a potter, and now he's a member of the USA national team and playing in the Champions League. So that's such a seismic shift in, in attitude, isn't it? Yeah, and Anna says it. She did. She said something about she was the kid in school that she would always forget her gym bag. She didn't want to, you know, yeah. necessarily be in training. But was that before she discovered volleyball? Was that before she was in beach volleyball? Because there are a lot of sports in high school that I probably would have done the same thing to get out of doing. Such as? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I hated basketball. I I 
grew up playing it because dad had played it and I was tall, but I just, the kids would always elbow you, you know, and I'm so tall that I would get it right in the ribs and I was so skinny and scrawny. Yeah, but where would your elbows be? In their face. <laughs> My elbows were, I don't know, up here trying to catch the ball, trying not to fumble it. Um, yeah, but once you find your sport, once you find something that you kind of can, can get the groove going with, let's say, then mm. it's it's different. It, you have a much more much more positive feedback for yourself. Yeah, I suppose you find somewhere you belong and mm. you want to do everything you can to, to remain there, don't you? And so far, so good for her. And she also seems to love the lifestyle because beach is a specific lifestyle, isn't it? It's traveling. Mm. So much traveling. Yeah. yeah. So And she seemed to really like that and miss it as well. She said one month yeah. at home was too much. Yeah, and the friendships that she sort of gained with other players of different countries, which yeah. I find mm. fascinating because having never been an official beach player, I love hearing that you know all the players on the tour are friends with each other and they go out for drinks together before and after you know, because... it's a bit like a traveling circus isn't it yeah. if you're on if you're on a certain tour you you sort of pitch up and then you you pack up the big top and you, you go <laughs> to the next place circus. and you and you set it all up again yeah that's and one way they, of describing it's, it. it's a bit like the formula one season isn't it as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they all clearly well, get along well you mentioned <laughs> oh, there's another new one another new word from our head of yeah. pronunciation <laughs> well you've mentioned it in previous episodes key the the uncertainty of being a beach player as well and you know right. some of them have got external sponsors but essentially a lot of the time you know if you if you don't win you don't eat the better mm. you do in a tournament the more the more money you get and that puts its own pressures on on every performance doesn't it oh it's brutal i remember actually I went last summer, I think it was in Vienna, it must have been, and I had gone to visit. I have some friends who play, you'll know, Damien Schumann, he's an Australian mm. guy, and we know each other from way back in the day. And so I went there to visit, to sort of hang out. And what, I think it was like the men's team had lost, and the women's team had won, or vice versa. And they had to get on Airbnb immediately and look for a place to stay for the next few days, the rest of the tournament, because the hotel literally kicks you out if once you lose, once you're not in the finals. Wow. Right, Matt, as the official conduit into the upper echelons oh, no. of volleyball, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, is there any chance that we can do a special episode, myself, you and Key, and do you know what, we'll invite <laughs> Dan and Louis as well, and, and James, because, you know, fear's fear, and he's been doing great work with the, with the debate, and he's guested on the podcast too, um, to do a special episode from Cape Town because I don't know what it is, <laughs> but these beach players will not shut up about how great Cape Town is and I've never been and I want to go. So can we make that happen, please? What we can do um, is we can Ooh. find out the time of the year they're all there and then we could put forward a case, yeah. I think, to say, look, if we went there, we'd be able to interview so many people in one go. That's a great shout. Have you been, Keith? I haven't, but I'm on board. I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> but they they love it, don't they? I mean, Anastasia mm. mentioned it. Mackie mentioned it. Like everyone we speak to from the beach is like, oh, you've got you've got to go to Cape Town. And mm. then speaking to me like I'm some kind of idiot because I've never been to Cape Town. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> um, have you have you ever had any places like that in your career, Key, where you've really sort of felt an affinity with, and you've felt like a a geographical location has got the best out of you <laughs> well i don't think that really translates to indoor volleyball because it's sort okay. of it, beach volleyball you're relying much more on the elements you know the sort of down to like the, the granules of sand that can make a difference in your playing <laughs> ability and you know which direction the sun's coming and the wind and all sorts of things but indoor volleyball it's really just the inside of a gym which doesn't really have anything to do with the country itself but I mean, there are definitely right. some gyms that I prefer to play in. I mean, in, in the last episode, we talked about Bezier, which I hated. <laughs> but, for example, um, in Italy, in Bustarsizio, is a, is a fantastic place to play because it's big and wide open and tons of fans. And, yeah, mm. for indoor, it's more specific to the gym than the country. Going back to education, sorry, I'm jumping back and forth here. Um, the partner's going back to uni. Yeah. Yeah. How wild is that? That you know they've got they've got the Olympics, but now because of the because of the the change of schedule, it's like oh well, 
sorry, I've got to go back to university to complete my studies. So next year she'll do that and play in the Olympics. Yeah, well, that's mm. what I was going to say about you've said that they've now got a year of experience to gain from between now and the Olympics. But actually, they've got just they've got a whole bunch of other distractions as well, because so much can change in one year mm. between when they've qualified and when they now will step on the, the sand for the first time in 2021. But I suppose they can at least make it. Well, I say they can make a plan. Of course, they can't make a plan because they don't know when the games are going to be. But as soon as the tournaments are announced, they can make a, a proper schedule, can't they? Because they know that they can maybe pick or choose the tournaments they play in because they don't have to go anywhere near any of those qualification ones if they don't want to. Good yeah. point. Yeah, it can, mm. be, it can be all about performance. Yeah, a luxury. Another question for Matt. Talk to me about the CEV Gala, because it seems like a great night. And I, I don't know about you, Key, but it very much feels <laughs> as though my invitation got lost in the mail. I think it must have. I mean, it's with, you know, what with COVID and everything, just it just takes much longer yeah, for Amazon yeah, to deliver. Of and course. probably the same thing with this. <laughs> so it's essentially our annual awards evening. That's, that's what it is. It started off as um, something Champions League focused, where we did the drawing of lots, etc., um, and then some awards were given to certain players for, for spectacular things. So we had the Spectacular Player Award, obviously, as one of them. Um, and more recently, it's turned to the more kind of traditional awards like Coach of the Year, Male Player of the Year, Female Player of the Year, etc. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And um, Are they going to do Podcast of the Year this, this year? <laughs> um, will, we, will we be up for it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think CUV could win its own award. You can. That's how it works. Make but what we, sorry, did you just you did you just hear the sound of my dreams being dashed? Thanks, Matt. <laughs> what we could do is we could do some podcast awards, maybe. A, well, a podcast Ooh. special from the CEV Awards. No, okay, we're not getting no. invited, Key. That's it. <laughs> Another year where my dinner jacket gathers dust. No, to be honest, I don't think this year you'll be able to to join us for for a number of reasons because Cape Town, the venue's quite small. <laughs> <laughs> What we could do on this podcast is give some awards of our own, couldn't we? And have our yeah. own little, uh, like the Ace Space Awards and yeah. award some of the more random stuff that happens in the year. Mm. I like that. Uh, if you are listening and you would like, to, well, not to award an award because it's not going to be that kind of thing. But if you've got an idea for an award that's non-traditional, the hashtag to use is Let Volleyball Talk. <laughs> With regards to the CV uh, Gala and the award that they won as Queens of the Beach, though, I thought it was interesting that she didn't think that winning the European Championship would be enough for them to win that award. I thought that would be a prerequisite. Well, it's not It's not um, a prerequisite because in previous years, the winner of the European Championships hasn't won the award. Mm. It is a an award based on the entire 12-month period. Um, so if you have a you know a surprise in the European Championships, let's say in, a, in the middle of a poor season, clearly mm. you maybe shouldn't be the kings or queens of the beach. But to have a consistent season and win the European Championships, that's that's your kind of minimum. And then if you can win on the world stage and also be European champion, then you're in, in with a great shot. What's the biggest award you've won, Key? Have you got many individual awards that you're willing to discuss? Let me check her Wikipedia page. Oh, <laughs> check my volley box. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually, it was funny, we were sat around a couple of us players just the other day and I they said, have you seen this thing, this volley box thing? And we all sort of looked on our own pages and, oh, I'm ranked, you know, 3,000 something or other. And we were trying to figure out who would be number one. Is that after I told you about it? Yeah, it was after you told me. Well, it was just a couple of days ago. But yeah. Well, no, all, all, I, all I wanted to ask you with that key is um, when you do win these awards, is that external recognition something that you appreciate from a player's perspective? Well, the awards that I've won are quite small <laughs> comparatively, but you know, every once in a while you'll come home with a little MVP, you know, like a little little trophy, a little piece of glass, and uh, it feels good. It feels good. I think as a team player, I'd much rather you know that the team win, that the team have a good performance, that everyone's. Um, I, I don't. I don't think personal recognition. It feels good, but it's not. You know, it's obviously not the be all end all, but it does feel nice to, especially as a middle, because. We're not usually the big point scorer or the MVPs. Oh, you know, you know how I feel about this. You know how I feel about this. Key, how, how would it feel if you were to still hold the record from, like, I don't know, a university period of your life where you got the most career blocks? Do I still hold a record from university? 
That'd be news to me if I do. Well, I mean, if you if you trust Ooh, Wikipedia, I don't know. I trust updated, Wikipedia. It says where you were the captain and still holds the record for most career blocks. I'm assuming that means the career of your time at the university. Oh, lovely. Otherwise, that would be an incredible thing to know. We'll have to we'll have to double triple check our sources, <laughs> but I'm sure it's true. If it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right? That's <laughs> interesting. Where did you spend the 2015 season? What was the club called? 15-16 was Bursa in Turkey. What was the full name of the club? Oh, Bursa Burgekasher. Bursa Burgekasher. It's like three B's in a row. Belediarius. Belediarius Sport. That's right. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's why nobody learns Turkey when Turkish when they go to Turkey. Another thing that's interesting on your Wikipedia page key is I can now tell you your spike reach. Oh, lovely. And it is 10 centimeters less than Bella Hack. Oh, she's cheating. It says here you're the same height <laughs> as Bella Hack. Is that true? How tall are you? Uh, well, how tall is she? 195. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, actually, that's surprising. I didn't think she was that tall. Yeah. I think I think everyone is shorter than me. Do you guys get that as well? You just assume everyone's shorter than you? I so In real life, I'm quite a big human being, just not in volleyball. <laughs> not in men's volleyball. In women's volleyball, you would be. No. So are you, you, you're 195, you, Matt? Yeah, about 194, probably, if I'm honest. Okay, I'm, I'm 189, I think. I always say that a tall person never knows their exact height. No. No, it's all relative. Yeah all right well let's talk about we've talked well we've gone into to details about things but but her as a person um i always find it amazing with beach volleyball players because it's such it's a sport that requires so much confidence like physical confidence body confidence the confidence to go on the road with you and a teammate and sometimes a coach and, and make a career out of it but when the call started she actually seemed quite shy and it took her a little while to get over that did that come across to you guys as well key yeah yeah she definitely looked a little bit uneasy i think she she warmed up as the conversation yeah. went but i think it's interesting that you say she's got she she st- must obviously still have a confidence in herself as a player because mm. i love when she said you know nobody believed in us coming into this this tournament i i spoke to people close to me and i said we're gonna be in the finals and they said oh well it would be nice but but you you have to believe in yourself you have to because no one else is going to do it for you and if you want to win big things and the same thing with some players that we've talked to before big matches um was it casa maggiore i think Mm -hmm. they said before they won um champions league a few years ago a couple of players said i had that feeling and you've you've got to believe in yourself you're not going to win anything if you go into it thinking you're going to lose no and that's it's almost like a siege mentality, isn't it? We believe we can do it. You don't believe, then that's your problem. And, and mm. you can use that, that energy. If you can harness that, we've seen it in all kinds of sports over the years, Matt. That can be an incredibly powerful weapon. Yeah, yeah, it can. And like I said, she was on a real wave. And it's a bit like Maggie Kozic as well, another, another European beach player. I just hope that the kind of... The momentum picks up quite quickly for them because the, the time for Tokyo will come quick. Mm-hmm. If they're going to miss most of this season, then they've got a winter and then obviously the Olympics are fairly early in the beach season. So, yeah, we we will see. We will see. We're going to watch with interest. I, I can't believe we've got this far and not talked about the cat peeing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, was a, it was a number one and a number two. Was it? Yeah, oh, it? yeah. So... I just had a quick look on her Insta just to see if she'd posted anything interesting that day. And she had posted pictures of a cat poo on her no. on her apartment floor. Yeah. That's good quality content. That reminds me of the funniest video I've ever seen. Go on. So there's a family in a, in a, in a lounge with a newborn toddler who was, who was trying to walk. And there was a dog kind of jumping around the toddler, clearly excited. And the boy is kind of like being ushered towards the sofa and, and the dog's on the other side of the shot. And then you just see this dog um, like squat down and do a little bit of a number two in the middle of the lounge. And the parents obviously, oh no, the dog's done a poo. And at that moment, the toddler just kind of ambles over considering that he couldn't walk before and falls over in the poo. I thought you were going to say oh, he squatted wow. down and did a poo as well. Oh, that's a... 
My my childhood best friend had a real. It it kind of looked like a Jack Russell, but there were so many varieties in this dog. God knows where they got it from. But he was called Pebbles because as soon as they brought him home, he just did poo all over the sofa, and it looked like little pebbles. That was. Uh, oh. Oh, who'd have pets? Oh. Eh? I hope nobody's having dinner while listening. To this. <laughs> Trigger warning. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to watch it, it's Baby's First Steps Interrupted by Dog Poop. Oh, wonderful! And on that bombshell. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think that is a, a good moment to, to wrap it up. But I think, well, I certainly speak on, on behalf of myself, but hopefully all three of us, when we do wish her the very best of luck with Tokyo 2020 slash 2021, because sounds like they're going to have a pretty amazing adventure ahead of them. Yes, yeah, they are. And we can also reveal next week we've got another guy who we've mentioned on this podcast, who wasn't into sport and is likely to be there as well, Ben Patch. He is a super cool guy, Ben Patch. I mean, I've got different energies from every single person that I've done an unscripted with. After I hung up the phone with Benjamin Patch, I was buzzing, like amazing, amazing guy. So make sure... <laughs> no, not at all, mate. These are not, these are not Potter's hands. I do not have... Uh... Did you go and do some pottery? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he has artists, brutal artists. That was evident on the unscripted when you both showed your hands. Fists, I think would be the best way of describing them. Uh, all right, Matt Rogers, your final thoughts on Anastasia Kravchenoka. She is a lady I love, um, but first for being an athlete, a beach volleyball player, but also because she's honest enough to admit she eats pizza after a game. <laughs> I don't believe and it. We're back, I don't believe it. We're back it. into the pizza debate once again. <laughs> uh, and Key, your takeaways? Yeah, she seems lovely. She seems very talented. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing more. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been the Ace Space Unscripted Special. Key, you know it by now. When do the podcasts come out? They're coming out on Mondays for the main podcast and the Unscripted are coming out on Fridays. Yay! Oh, yes, they are. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We love doing these and hopefully you love listening to them too. Uh, let us know if you do. Uh, let us know if you don't, but don't be too brutal. The hashtag to use <laughs> is Let Volleyball Talk. Uh, but until next time, from myself, Dave Rogers, from Matt Rogers and from Key Michael, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye, <laughs> bye guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>